What should you do with Jamar Chase with no Joe Burrow in for the Bengals? And why do we love the rookies, Puka Nakua and Tank Dell, more than ever before this week? It's time to break it down as we look at our wide receiver and tight end rankings for Week 12, only on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Early happy Thanksgiving. We will be taking Marshall off, but today we do need to get to the wide receiver and tight end rankings for Week 12. We're Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for sportingnews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majug, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, I'm a little thrown off because we're advancing the week and we uh, kind of have mashed up the waiver wire with our ranking shows because we want to enjoy Thanksgiving just like you guys um, all want to do. And we also need to know who to play on Thanksgiving in the three games. And we also have a Black Friday game. So we've got to figure all that out. We'll be back with you on Friday to look at some Flexes, deep sleepers, price picks, all that good stuff going into the Sunday and Monday games. We'll do that for you. Before we get into the wide receiver Titan rankings today, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. All right, Michelle, let's dive right into the top storyline here. And uh, Jamar Chase, and I want to bring him up here. You have him down at wide receiver 13. I have him at wide receiver 3. It might seem really high and questionable, right, with uh, Jake Browning now the quarterback for the foreseeable future without Joe Burrow. So explain to me what you think you're going to see from Jamar Chase, uh, first of all, and I'll tell you why I'm high on him. Yeah, so I, I'm worried about Jamar Chase, right? I don't know what this is going to look like without Joe Burrow. I expect him to be the top target, right? He'll get targets. It's just do they matter, right? Does it count for anything? I'll say even with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase has been highly inconsistent, not even obviously in the beginning of the year when Joe Burrow was dealing with the injury, but even as of late, I mean, just looking at the last five games, he's finished as the wide receiver 27, then the eight, which is great, wide receiver 45, then wide receiver six, and then last week, wide receiver 34. So it's been all over the place with him. That's why I, have, I think 13 is probably too high, but he's such a big name. You know he can make a huge play. But the Steelers' secondary has gotten better as of late. They're allowing the 19th most fantasy points per game to wide receivers since week eight. So it's it's not like what they were in the beginning of the year when they were just allowing everyone to destroy them, right? And I do think that's because Joey Porter Jr. has been playing way more. I expect Joey Porter Jr. to be on Jamar Chase. And I, I just I can't trust him with Jake Browning back there. Yeah, my only hope, Michelle, and this is why I have him really high, is that with the young quarterback, especially with T. Higgins, we'll see if he can go. I have no idea at this point. I mean, it's been like the background storyline here for the Bengals the past week. So when you look at it, I think he's going to – 
do the targeting of Jamar Chase so many times that it has to happen, right? I mean, 14, 15 times, they'll move him around, something like that, you'll see. And we've seen that with Aiden O'Connell sometimes, with Devontae Adams. These younger quarterbacks tend to target one guy a lot more so. And look at the Bengals. They don't have a lot of options. I also don't love, as you mentioned with the secondary, they've made some changes back there, not just with having a different outside corner, Joey Porter, but moved around the guys. Patrick Peterson is not as exposed right now. They're a little bit better in the slot. So that's probably going to contain Tyler Boyd a little bit. And Jamar Chase is just too talented here. If he gets a rookie, if he gets enough volume, I think he'll come through. And it's also going to be a case where there's garbage time, right? The Steelers actually could be in control on this one. Yeah. Well, I think their offense will be better, right? They can run and get a lead and, and you could get what you get last week, a uh, touchdown late from Jamar Chase, but enough yardage to go with it. So I expect a lot of targets. Now, is it pretty high? Is it based on talent alone? Yes, that's where I'm going. But I think, look, Jamar Chase is volatile, but he's Jamar Chase, and that's uh, kind of what I'm trusting here. Now, two guys, two rookies, and it's hard now to tell who's the better rookie. I think one guy's coming on really strong is Tank Dell. I have him in the top 10. Finally, M- Michelle, this week, he's been that way the whole time. You have a wide receiver 16. We both really are high in Puka Nakua because Cooper Cup doesn't look very good to play in this game. And this is good, right? If uh, Cooper Cup's on there, Nakua can dominate. We saw that last week. Really, he got back on track, had the touchdown, had a very good day overall, and he got going late. So Nakua and Dell, I think these guys are going to line up as uh, potential league winners for a lot of teams, whether you drafted them late or got them on the waiver wire early. Yeah, Puka should be fantastic this week. It gets good, nice matchup against the Cardinals and without Cooper Cup. I mean, we saw in the beginning of the year, right? He had three top 10 wide receiver finishes in the four games that he played without Cooper Cup. So you throw him into your lineup, he's going to get all the targets and he should really come through big in that game. And with Tank Dell, I mean, this dude is so good. I love that you have him ranked at wide receiver 10. I wanted to put him up even further than wide receiver 16. But the last three weeks, he's finished as the wide receiver one the wide receiver 11 and the wide receiver three wild to have two top three finishes in a three week span for a rookie. The Jaguars are middle of the pack against wide receivers. So I'm not too worried about the matchup. And so right now he's had five career games with five plus targets. That's all I'm saying. Five plus targets. These are the fantasy points he scored in PPR 20, 25, 29.6, 18.9 and 29 points. Dude is a beast. I just, I love Tank Dow. So both of these, Puka and Tank, should be in your lineup this week. And then some veterans to hit on here that they're not the most fun of veterans, right? DJ Moore and Michael Pittman. But I like both of their matchups. I love that DJ Moore has Justin Fields back. And in his last full games played with Justin Fields, his last three full games played with Justin Fields, DJ Moore is now finished as the wide receiver six, wide receiver one, and wide receiver six on the week. So. As long as Justin Fields is back there, you plug in DJ Moore and Michael Pittman might have the best, one of the best matches matchups of the week against the Buccaneers. Yeah. I mean, it's similar things that happened for all three of these guys, actually Dell Moore and Pittman. Now what's really helped Dell since he came back from the brief concussion thing that he had Nico Collins and Noah Brown have traded time getting hurt. What's happened is that's allowed Tank Dell to really assert himself as the clear number one target here for C.J. Stroud. So that's great. I think that's what you get with these other guys, right? I mean, Josh Downs missed time. So Michael Pittman got reestablished a little bit there as the number one 
for Gardner Minshew. He is going to be a little bit motivated this week because his dad did play for the Buccaneers. So maybe a little bit of extra juice. And also because Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis are down here and there's not a lot in that uh, secondary that's healthy right now for the Buccaneers. So that's not good. And DJ Moore, look, the Vikings have been playing better. Their secondary still, however, is very beatable. So you also figure volume, Justin Fields, Fields is in, Fields starts, Moore is in with Fields, Moore is a wide receiver one most weeks. So I love those picks. Now, one thing that I want to mention here is that, look, we have different uh, opinions here with our wide receivers down. But one guy I wanted just to bring up real quick in this uh, segment is Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, I think you look at him, I mean, I think he's been the best pick this season overall. I think when you look at some of the things Tyreek Hill has had some up and down, he's been okay. I mean, he's exploded and had the big games. AJ Brown, we know, has disappeared a little bit, but I think Amon Rice Brown on Thanksgiving is just going to kill it one more time. He's just been the best receiver wire to wire all season long. Yeah. I mean, uh, at the top here, a lot of guys have great matchup. You got CD lamb against the commanders. Amazing bills against the Eagles. Amazing. And then Amon Ross St. Brown is right with them up at the top. So it's just every week he gets it done. So you love to see that for him. And then also like we had, we didn't bring up Devonta Smith, but he got it done last week. You keep plugging him in a nice matchup against the bills. That should be a high scoring game. So I have Devonta Smith at wide receiver seven. You're a little bit lower at wide receiver 16, but I think he has a really nice game again this week. Now, when we get lower in our rankings here, we, you know, a little bit into the teens, we have a ton of differences. I don't remember a week where we are so different on wide receivers. So we're going to get into some of those debates in our next segment. But first, let's talk about one of our sponsors. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you from the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on the last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. All you have to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Again, just create an account on the Game Time app and redeem code LOCKEDON. 20 or locked on NFL for $20 off terms do apply download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right Vinny looking at your rankings I was shocked at, at one of these right I understand one of them I was shocked at the other DeAndre Hopkins you have him all the way at wide receiver 12 I will say I am super down on him. I have him wide receiver 38. I don't know if we've ever been 26 spots different uh, <laughs> on a, a wide receiver before. But then also you have Cortland Sutton as your wide receiver 19. I get it. He's been really good. But I am low on Cortland Sutton this week. I have him a wide receiver 35. So these two guys, massively different. Tell me why I should trust Hopkins and Sutton this week in their matchups. Well, I think I can sell you on DeAndre Hopkins a lot easier here because, look, I mean, Hopkins actually came through last week. I mean, he did score and made a big play. And, look, he is still their number one receiver. And 
this Titans offense is kind of correlated, right? When they get the running game going with Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry produces, it opens up the play-action passing game. You get DeAndre Hopkins downfield. I think you can actually destroy this secondary that the Panthers have. They're actually pretty decent against a tight end. Middle of the field might be like contained. But looking at Hopkins, he's just too savvy. And look, they need him. And I think this is going to be a chance where the Titans are going to be on the field offensively quite a bit here against the Panthers. I think their defense is going to show up and to really contain the running game, which is the strength of the Panthers, and uh, really make it tough on Bryce Young. So there's going to be ample opportunities, targets here for Hopkins, and he's going to get it done. And I thought, look, we might see a little bit more Kyle Phillips, maybe some other guys getting involved, though it's still pretty much Hopkins here. So, look, the matchup is favorable. They're at home like that. Now, Sutton, he's at home too, and you would say, okay, this uh, secondary for the Browns is good. We've talked about it, however, that the Browns struggle more on the road and they're actually pretty tough in the slot. So I think they'll take away Jerry Judy. I think it's going to be pretty brutal for the tight end and anything else in the middle of the field. So Cortland Sutton has to be the guy and you know, he scores every week. If he scores, then we're automatically starting with six points and a little bit more than that. So it's happening. So again, if he scores, it's hard for me to put him any lower than wide receiver two. So wide receiver one for Hopkins based on the matchup, wide receiver two for Sutton based on the fact that he's been rolling, especially at home. Yeah, with Hopkins, I can't get on board at all. Like, he's had 25 targets over the last three games. It doesn't even have 140 total yards during that span. Like, that is wild inefficiency between him and Will Levis. He had 5.7 fantasy points in week 10 with nine targets. Ten and a half fantasy. And this is full PPR. Like, I'm giving him full points. So this is like the max that you can be in, right? Ten and a half points in week nine with 11 targets. He did hit 15 points last week because he got the touchdown in garbage time. But I, I don't like the Panthers allowing the fourth fewest points per game to wide receivers. So it's not even a great matchup. And over that span, he's played the Steelers and Buccaneers, who we know like we're normally looking to play guys against those teams. Right. So like I, I don't know, finishes the wide receiver 28, wide receiver 57 in two of these last three weeks. I can't get on the DeAndre Hopkins train for Sutton. I totally get you. If he scores a touchdown, he'll be fine. But the Browns matchup does scare me along second fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. And he scored like he's doing well as of the last five weeks. Right. But it's because he scored a touchdown in every single one of those games. I don't know if he can go on a six game streak. Right. So five game streak of scoring a touchdown without those touchdowns. These are his points in full PPR. Eight, 13, four, 11, 10, like pretty bad. But so it all just comes down to does he score that touchdown or not? And against the Browns, I don't really want to have to bet on that. Yeah, I, I just look at. Look, Sutton, I just think you'll get him getting the key targets here from all over the field from Russell Wilson. They're not going to be able to run the ball all that well. Javante Williams, we saw that also last week. So there's a really good opportunity there. And look, Hopkins, I think this could sneakily be not saying Will Levis is going to throw for three touchdowns and throw down, but it could be a lot like the Falcons game at home, right, where they need to win, they're fired up, and they start looking great here. So I, I just feel like the Titans' desperation is going to kick in here, and you'll see some of them produce here. So, look, it's a little bit defined on the numbers, but I'm looking at Hopkins again. I, I think he's a guy we saw. It was A.J. Terrell in that game, and he found a way to get it done. So he's a team leader. So, look, it's a little bit of uh, inside football with this one, a little bit more with the emotions that it play. And I do love the uh, Titans defense and Derrick Henry's plays this week as well. Now, look, looking at 
our debate here, this is an interesting one too. We have another one that we're really different on. Deontay Johnson and Gabe Davis. Now, I am hopeful with Deontay Johnson because of the firing of Matt Canada. So they should get the ball in the hands of the best receiver. Now, I have at way down at 37 because I'm just not sure how much they want to still throw the ball, right? And the Bengals are decent in the pass rush from the secondary, but you can run all over the Bengals. So that figures it's going to be a lot of Jalen Warren and a lot of Nigel Harris. So I'm just a little bit worried about the Kenny Pickett pass attempts to get Deontay Johnson to that number. So that's why really that I do like him making a play, but I don't know how much he's going to see. And then Gabe Davis, I'm just off on Michelle. He's had a zero in two last three weeks. Khalil Shakir is coming on. It's a great actually matchup for Shakir in the slot versus Sidney Brown. Look, those veteran corners can slow him down. I know they're a little bit slow down with Darius Slay and James Bradbury, but I think this could be a big Stefan Diggs squeaky wheel game right after last week. Shakir has a good matchup. Dalton Kincaid and Shakir pretty much dropping Davis, right? Used to be sitting pretty as the number two guy for sure. But now is he the 3A, 3B with Shakir? Clearly Kincaid is number two. And then now the running game is working as well. So I just don't see the volume come for Davis. I just don't trust it on either of these guys. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a tough stomach to play Gabe Davis. Yeah. I totally understand. He could get you zero. I mean, we've seen it now through the last three weeks. Like you said, I understand. But if you're still rostering Gabe Davis and you can't play him in this matchup against the Eagles, who are allowing by far the most fantasy points to wide receivers, like not even the same realm of uh, anybody else in the league. They're allowing five more points per game to the position than any other defense. They're allowing the most receiving touchdowns to wide receivers this year, tied with the commanders. I, I think Gabe Davis will come that like, he's going to have other big games this year. He's not going to just not. He's one of those guys are going to be up and down, up and down. I feel like I've done a really good job predicting the good Gabe Davis games and telling you when to sit him. So I'm feeling it this week. I have him at wide receiver 27. So it's not like I'm extremely high on him, but higher than you. And then Deontay Johnson, I feel really good about playing him this week. No secondary is allowing more yards per reception to wide receivers this year than the Bengals. You could definitely beat them. And Deontay Johnson was frustrated during that game and after that game. I mean, I think he was one of the big reasons why they finally decided to let Matt Canada Canada go as well, like Najee and Deontay and everyone was just over it. But Deontay's still getting the targets and it hasn't come through the last two games. I will say under Matt Canada, every single pass attempt was to the sidelines. It allowed it made every catch hard and allowed no room for yards after the catch, which Deontay Johnson can do. So hopefully they actually target the middle this week because they never do that. And Deontay Johnson can get it going. But I'm gonna trust that he gets the targets and gets it going in this matchup. So I like him here. And then going down our list a little bit more on guys we actually somewhat agree on, Jaden Reed. I feel like he's our dude. I feel like we we have that mutual respect for him, right? But there's two rookies this week that we're interested in, Jaden Reed against the Lions and then Josh Downs against the Buccaneers. Which one do you trust more in their matchup this week? Now, I'm going to mention one thing here. It's really sad. We mentioned Tag Dell. We're talking about Jaden Reed and Josh Downs. Can you imagine any of these guys – on the Chiefs, they'd pretty much be Tyreek Hill Part 2. Instead, they have Rushy Rice, who's been okay, but had one of these guys landed in Kansas City, we'd be, it'd be like starting every week, and they'd be like wide receiver ones, but uh, that's not happening. Now, Jane Reed, I'm a little concerned because he has a chest injury. He got a little bit sore, extra sore, I should say, in the early part of the week in practice. I'm hoping he goes. Now, Brian Branch has been really good 
the fellow rookie there out of the Alabama in the slot, but he hasn't been good of late. Really, the entire Lions defense has not been as good, so especially against the pass. So there's some openings there. And look, Jane Reed is the guy now. I mean, especially with no Aaron Jones, you figure he's going to get more of those shorter passes. The rushing attempts could happen again in this game. They just see him as an offensive weapon, right, at this point. I mean, I'm not going to say he's in the Debo territory, but that's how he was kind of used last week, right, for the Packers. So if he's out there, they're going to try to have wrinkles to get him the ball. So if he plays, he's in, and he's a wide receiver too. Josh Downs I like, but it's kind of been interesting. The Pittman targets have been there. I know Downs was hurt a little bit. It is a really good matchup. What I'm hoping for in the Colts-Buccaneers game, for all our purposes, Michelle, it turns into a sneaky shootout. Remember, the Colts were that team that were scoring at least 20 points per game. Then they went to Germany. It didn't happen. <laughs> they have some sneaky shootouts at home. We've seen some really high-scoring games. So that's what I want for all our assets. But I do like both of these guys this week. I would play Reed because I know he's a focal point of the offense. A little higher. He's like the Pittman to what uh, Downs is in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, so with Downs, the last two weeks that he played, he wasn't playing, right? He played 20% of snaps yeah. each of those two weeks when he was up at 80% prior to that. But that's due to the knee injury that he suffered in week nine. Uh, I'm hoping after the bye, he, he did say he's going to play through the injury, but I'm just hoping after the bye, he's had some time to heal it up a bit. Hopefully he plays more snaps. It's an amazing matchup. So I'm I'm interested in playing Downs, but I, I agree with you. I'd rather go with Jaden Reed if I had to choose a two, but I do think both are playable. And then I to end this wide receiver discussion here, do you think it would be crazy to sit Amari Cooper and play a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. instead? Because Amari Cooper is going up against the Broncos, and the Broncos since week six have been really, really good against wide receivers, and they played some really good wide receivers during that span as well. Uh, and, you know, if with these quarterbacks, with the bronze right now, Amari uh, Cooper's not doing anything. OBJ, on the other hand, you have Mark Andrews out. He's finished as a top 20 wide receiver in two of the last three weeks. And you would expect more targets to go his way without Andrews. So I think OBJ over Amari Cooper sounds crazy, but it might be the right choice. Yeah, I have three strikes against Cooper. Number one is Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He's just not getting him the ball well. It's not like Jacoby Brissett last year. That's not happening, right? So that's number one. Pat Sertain, too, is playing a lot better, and really the whole Broncos pass defense. So that's number two. And then road. He's not as good on the road the last couple of years than he is at home in Cleveland. So those are three strikes against him. I have three things in the favor of Odell Beckham Jr. You mentioned one of them. Mark Andrews is out. The targets have to funnel to someone. The wide receiver's looking good. Number two, it's a primetime game. Odell Beckham Jr. likes to be seen and heard and make big plays in primetime. And three, it's Los Angeles, right? It's glitzy. That's where he won the Super Bowl. He made some big plays there. It's kind of the return of where he got hurt. So he's an emotional dude. He'll say, oh, I was on this field. I won the Super Bowl, but I also tore my knee up again. Look, you got to factor these in sometime. And, uh, I, and, and this matchup, of course, is fantastic. I mean, the Chargers secondary really stinks here between Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. and Jusser Taylor. It's really awful. So all those things. So maybe it was uh, three and a half reasons on Odo Beckham. But, yeah, I'm with you all the way. OBJ versus the Chargers uh, versus Amari Cooper this week. Yes, and now we have to get into the oh-so-fun tight end discussion oh, to gosh. close out our rankings. Yeah, it's not as fun anymore. It was fun for a few weeks. We'll do that yeah. here in our final segment here as uh, we take a break for Thanksgiving to tomorrow. But before we got to take a break for another one of our fine sponsors. 
All right, this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Price Picks, and we will have our Price Picks Picks of the Week there for you. And it's easy to get in on Price Picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. You just pick more or less on the projections available for two or six players on their two two six players, I should say, not two or six. You can go that way, but I would try to get in between two and six here with the stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. The more players that you uh, – put together and come through on the more you win you get to multiply up to 25 times your money here that's right if uh, you can do that and hit on all of them you're going to feel really good about your entry so you, know, you look at the uh, price picks they're going to offer you a lot of ways to play the projections are just great it's easy to play just a few clicks away it's the most fun you can have you can turn ten dollars of 250 with just a few taps on your phone you can do it and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. You can expect quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players, stat types. Those are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So check it out now. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnFL and use the promo code LockedOnFL for first deposit match up to $100. That's right. Go to prizepicks.com, LockedOnFL. Locked on NFL is the deposit match that you'll get up to $100. Check it out at PrizePicks. It is a lot of fun and daily fantasy sports made easy. And again, we'll give you the picks there coming on Friday's show. All right, Michelle, time to close the show and let's get into the tight end discussion. Now, our guy was Sam Laporta. The last couple of weeks, he's kind of disappeared here. We had that good matchup against the Chargers. That's kind of where it started, right? And you haven't seen him put up the numbers of late. He's just not... Getting the key targets last week against the Bears, he disappeared until very late in the game and didn't do a lot. So I don't know. I still trust Sam Laporta, but I wish they would uh, stick him consistently. And I don't know if they're forcing the ball a little bit too much to Jamison Williams. And I, I think I've seen this too. Lions need to stop getting cute. Get Amon Ross and Brown. Get the running game going and throw to Sam Laporta. Yeah, I think what's happening is Jameer Gibbs is stealing so many targets as of late, uh, especially with David Montgomery back now. And they're they, they're using them both, but they want to make sure Gibbs gets the ball in his hands, too. So they're throwing to him more. I think that's hurting Sam Laporta. So I, I'm still happy playing Sam Laporta. I mean, there's not a ton of great tight ends out there, right? So I have him as tight end seven. But I mean, prior to this week, we were consistently putting him in our top three because he had that ceiling. You saw him at tight end five. I think that's fine, but just know I think his floor is a lot more dangerous than it was earlier in the year. Don't love the matchup against the Packers, but again, you can still play him. I will say one guy that I love your ranking on, and I, I might move him up as well. You have David and Joku at tight end six. I am at tight end nine. But I'm fine with him being all the way up at six. I mean, 15 targets last week. I don't know what was happening with him. He couldn't catch a ball. Uh, and he still came down with seven receptions, 56 yards. But yeah. he should have had a way bigger day. I mean, he just wasn't catching anything. I don't know what's going on. Like, it wasn't Dorian Thompson's Robinson's fault. They were in his hands. But love the matchup against the Broncos, allowing the most the most fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. And Njoku has been a top 12 tight end in each of the last five weeks. So I feel like he has a really safe floor while also having a very high ceiling with the amount of targets he's getting. Yeah. For some reason, I'm never hot on David Njoku, like in the yeah. preseason or in the rankings. He just catches you by surprise, though. You look at his numbers and oh, they're okay. I think he's kind of like the rich man's Evan Ingram, right? He kind of replaced Evan Ingram. Ingram faded. He never scores. He's been boring. 
now you have Njoku being the guy. And look, he gets it done with any of the quarterbacks, which I like. And as a reality player, maybe that's it. I don't really love David Njoku's reality players. You saw, like, I mean, got to catch more balls than that if you're going to be targeted. I, he's just a better reality player, no. But a really good fantasy player, yeah, he's like that. The numbers back it up, and this matchup says yes. I mean, the Broncos still struggle against a tight end. When you let Josh Oliver creak into the top 12, there, along with TJ Hawkins, and you know your tight end coverage is really bad. So, yeah, David Njoko should score. I'm going to say 560, somewhere for that, and a touchdown this week. Now, uh, you will probably like the guy I have behind David Njoko, and we've already established this. It's Kyle Pitts at number seven. Now, look, maybe it'll happen. Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley, I dumped on them. I'm not going to dump on Kyle Pitts here. The, the Saints actually are not as good against a tight end of late. And yeah. keep in mind, Kyle Pitts is also a wide receiver kind of hybrid, and Marshawn Lattimore is not playing. So it's going to shift things around, right? You're going to have a weaker corner on Drake London. You're going to have weaker coverage inside. So it all kinds of gets into the place where Pitts goes. And I also think, in a weird way, Desmond Ritter is okay for Pitts because he's a guy who maybe doesn't push the ball downfield a lot, and the Saints still have pressure. So I think you'll see a lot of targets. And, look, they've had a bye week. Let's hope Arthur Smith went into some uh, hyperbaric chamber and blocked everything out and said, look, if I don't get th- these two guys involved, London Pitts, I'm not going to have a job pretty soon. So maybe he oh, said, okay, I'd like really to go back cares. to Desmond Ritter. So maybe that's the case. But he's at home. The Saints are not scary. This could be a sneaky high-scoring game. So I think Pitts is going to do something this week. Let's hope. Maybe I'm just hoping and praying this happens. I think that's all it is. That's all it can come down to, right? If he has a good game, it's just because of pure luck. I I really, it's not like he's played hard defenses every single week, right? It it can't be like, oh, this is why Kyle Pitts is stinking. He's finished outside the top 15 tight end in eight of 10 weeks played this year. The other finish was tight end nine. So good for him. He had said one good week. So if you hit on him, it's just luck at this point. Like, like any other guy that you could plug in right now at this position. Uh, that's not one of the top guys. Kyle Pitts doesn't give you any better chance of scoring high. But, you know, we, we could have a big game. Who knows? I have a tight end 14. I like so I didn't, this week. So I didn't bury that. him this week. I will say you're high on Joan Johnson. I thought that was interesting. You have him um, at tight end 13, so not extremely high, but much higher than I was considering ranking him. Uh, so it's in the same matchup. You actually have Taysom Hill and Juwan Johnson actually ranked back to back, but you have Taysom Hill pretty low this week at tight end 12. I'm keeping him uh, higher at tight end eight. I just think Taysom Hill's a, a weekly, just plug him in and he's going to get your points. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I look at it. The Falcons are decent against the run. So I kind of was like, eh, I don't know exactly. It's kind of, I didn't know where to put Taysom Hill. I still put him in <laughs> the top 12. Like that's what it is. I don't know where to go this week. Okay. I'll put him right about here. That's what happens with him because look, you're going to play. I wanted to make sure he was in the top 12, however. So to remind people to play him, it just, you know, it could go either way. He could be tight end one. He could be tight end 30. It could happen either way. So that's why I kind of split the difference, put him somewhere in the middle. Now, Jawan Johnson, the matchup is actually good for him as well. And I'm hoping we have to check out the injury report here. Derek Carr, they said he's going to play, but then he was still in concussion protocol. If Jameis Winston is in there, I feel better about two players, Chris Olave and Jawan Johnson, a lot more. But keep in mind, Michael Thomas is not going to see the field. This is what we wanted. Michael Thomas out of the mix. For Lave's purposes, Rashid Shahid actually has a tough matchup 
inside. So this is good, right, for Juwan Johnson and uh, Alvin Kamara and also uh, Chris Olave to get the targets peppered to them. So this is key. So I think this is where they pivot, right? Without Michael Thomas, he's kind of an inter- intermediate, big target type guy. Juwan Johnson has that body as well. So that's why I'm bumping up that, the matchup and also the usage without Thomas. I like it. Uh, it's definitely that Michael Thomas point. That's a, a really good point there. And oh man, I, I for my Chris Olave uh, shares, I really want Jameis Winston to play in this game. Yeah. And then to end our show, there's two tight ends that are extremely risky, right? But have very nice matchups. It's Pat Fryermuth for the Steelers. He gets to go up against the Bengals. Really a great matchup for tight ends this year. And then Isaiah Likely with Mark Andrews out, he gets the Chargers, who are allowing the second most fantasy points per game to tight ends this year. Now, we've seen Isaiah Likely come in for Mark Andrews before. Uh, he's had a couple good games and then a lot of really, really bad games, right? And then with Fryermuth, he just came back from injury last week. He didn't really do anything. I do really fast just want to say a stat. Kenny Pickett has 12 completions over the middle since week four. There is no other quarterback in the NFL that started these games that has had fewer than 40 completions over middle. And he has 12 since week four. It's insane so i'm hoping with matt canada gone they actually utilize the middle which would mean pat fryermuth actually maybe gets targets but if you had to choose between fryermuth or likely which guy would you go with all right it's not even close for me it's pat fryermuth and here's why i mean look the bengals matchup is fantastic and i think he's going to be a focal point this week like you said with deontay johnson getting the ball in the middle of the field they're going to study that plus the bengals are weak there right they're not good at safety they're not good at linebacker in terms of coverage that's where you got to throw. And then you figure if the running game gets going, he's out there, slides out, scores a touchdown or something like that this week. So I can definitely see that happening. It's He's kind of like Heath Miller was, right? You have to determine, are they going to run the ball enough where he's going to be on the field to get enough snaps? And if they do that, is he going to score? If you think all those could happen, then you play him. If not, you go away from him, right? So I don't think this is also going to be a shootout either with the other side uh, with Jake Browning. So that helps his uh, – well, you know, Isaiah Likely, this is a very interesting thing, and I made a point on about on Twitter. Now, I think we saw him as a plug-and-play, but we did see him actually way back in week one. They didn't really use him. This is a different offense, right? It's more wider. They didn't have these guys at wide receiver. They didn't have Zay Flowers. They didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. They didn't even have Nelson Aguilar in the mix, and he's made a few plays. So they have all these wide receivers. Todd Munkin is not this 12-personnel guy like Greg Roman. And I also don't think he's the best young tight end that is not Mark Andrews on this roster. I think it's Charlie Kolar. And I think you'll see Kolar get a few more opportunities. I mean, they should run well on the Chargers. Kolar's a better blocker. He's going to be out there. So I really like Kolar. Like, I liked him a lot after Trey McBride in last year's class. So watch out. He could be the guy that we're picking up. So this is why I'm avoiding him, because they like another tight end. There's other receivers who can get involved. They can run all. So I don't know how much they're going to actually throw at Isaiah Likely. So this, I think this is a bit of a trap for all the people that, hey, I got some games from Likely last year when Andrews is out. I don't think it's going to happen again. So I'm just uh, buyer beware on this one. Yeah, I think I really do like Fryermuth as a sneaky play this week. Isaiah yeah, Likely, he's a dart throw just like Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And I think that's how we'll we see. That'll week. be a fun one to watch. Kyle Pitts versus Isaiah Likely. We'll uh, recap on that. So that'll be a good one. But yeah, I mean, tight end. Look, it's back to being a little bit dicey, right? If you don't have the elite options, especially Dallas Goddard not there. So trying to get you as much help as possible here at that position. So good job here. Good uh, breakdown for sure. 
by us here on the show. And we're thankful that you are here to check us out all the time. And it is Thanksgiving. So want to shout out to all our regular viewers and listeners here. It's been awesome that uh, we've seen our audience grow here. And uh, Michelle is a big part of that. So I'm thankful for Michelle being on the show and uh, providing her insights a little different from mine. But we come together and give you the best analysis possible. And we are really thankful that we can provide you the smartest fantasy football analysis that's out there on this show. So, Michelle, uh, do you have a thought for Thanksgiving to share as well before we take Thursday off? I am thankful for you, Vinny, for all your Kyle Pitts and Trevor Lawrence love. It (laughs) it makes me happy inside to just uh, get to debate with you about that. All right. I'll I'll be fine with that. I need to give... (laughs) Some fodder on the show. If it's boring, it's not going to be something you guys want to watch anyway. So this is all good. So we'll have more of those debates, I'm sure, uh, on Friday when we look at some other things here for Week 12 for Locked On Fantasy Football. And happy Thanksgiving to all. This is Vinny Geyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.